Welcome into A to Z Sports, powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, all over the socials. We are Nashville's On Demand Sports Talk Network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time. Got to thank our sponsors because they truly do make it happen for our show, and they help out you guys. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the Nashville area at RentersWarehouse.com. Mandu, the pulse of fitness for one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Your first workout is free at Mandu.com. Wilson County Hyundai for your next ride. Check them out in Lebanon at WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Calvin and Subtle for your brand-new hardwood floors and finishings. They're at CalvinAndSubtle.com. And the Bone and Joint Institute, BoneAndJointTN.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Zach, uh, it's been a couple days. I guess Monday is when this officially happened, that the Vols added Michigan, former Michigan quarterback, Joe Milton, uh, to their quarterback room. A four-star guy out of Orlando. Josh Heupel was in Orlando for the last three years as the UCF head coach. But out of Orlando, Joe Milton, four-star guy from the 2018 class, goes to Michigan. Sits behind Shea Patterson for a couple of years, starts four games or five games last year in the uh, shortened Big Ten season, and then lost his job at the end, hits the transfer portal, and now is a Tennessee Vol. He's a big body, 6'5, 230. He can run, he could, he's got a cannon of an arm. As Ed says, Joe Milton has a rifle. The rest of his game is questionable at best. But now, Zach, the Vols have five scholarship quarterbacks who are competing for the starting job. Now you got the two transfers, Milton and Hinden Hooker from Vatek, the two guys who were there last year, Harrison Bailey and Brian Maurer, and the early enrollee freshman in Caden Salter. How do you, what do you what was your reaction when you first saw the Vols add another transfer quarterback in this cycle? This was my reaction. If you've ever seen this parody and I would I would go back and watch it. YouTube, too many cooks because it is weird. There's too many cooks. It has so many different levels of it. I don't want to, I would show you the video, but you know what? You need to watch that on your own time. But that was the first thing that I thought is there's too many cooks, too many cooks. There's too many cooks in the kitchen. I mean, there's how many, how many damn quarterbacks do you need? Uh, eventually this, this gets eventually this thing gets to be a problem not a solution and i think that's where you're kind of trending to possibly worry now i understand you know josh heupel going into this thing he's sitting there saying hey man we want guys to compete competition iron sharps iron iron sharpens iron all that bs i, I do think this is a lot of quarterbacks in the quarterback room where in a day and age you're going to have guys leaving boom in the snap of a finger because of the transfer rule that goes into effect at the end of this month. Yep. I, I, I don't know how I feel. I, I don't know if this is a great thing. I, I, I look can he, can he play? Can he play? That would be my question from what we've seen. He can play just not consistently very good. Right. Yeah. In those five games last year, he threw for a thousand yards, which is not a bad yards per game average, but four touchdowns, four picks. Not that's not good, right? One he to didn't one. win the job, right? He, there's a reason why he transferred. <laughs> well, he lost. He lost the job at the end after he had the opportunity. That's why I say he didn't win the job. 
then keep the job is exactly what happened there with Joe Milton. So when I look at it, as I see that Josh Heupel is going to go to every length to get a quarterback that can succeed in his system at Tennessee. And if it's bringing in a sixth quarterback, he's going to do it if he thinks that quarterback can help him get his offense off to a hot start. Because the only chance Tennessee has in competing on the field this year in their SEC schedule is to uh, have a quarterback who can understand, grasp, and execute the system that he wants to put in place. And they can score points because the defense is super thin. The defense is so thin when it comes to scholarship players because the transfer portal, they're going to give up points. They have to score points. And so they have to find at least one guy that can do it. So what does this mean? Uh, And that's the first question we want to ask everybody is the Vols add another transfer quarterback in Joe Milton. Is this a big deal, small deal, or no deal? The Vols add Joe Milton at quarterback. Is this a big deal, small deal, or a no deal? But Zach, I'm first going to tell everybody about the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Whenever the injury happens in life, either you or someone you love, make sure you know where to go to get the best care from the beginning all the way through the rehab process of the situation. Their state-of-the-art facility right there in Franklin is phenomenal. It's incredible. They got the surgery rooms, all the testing and imaging there, and their state-of-the-art rehab facility right there in Franklin, right off I-65, easy to get to, boneandjointtn.org. Izzy Sports, don't forget, BetMGM. Man, Austin, I had had a rough patch, and I got back on it last night, uh, back off of the rough patch into some green grass. Thanks to Kyrie Irving, thanks to Zion Williamson, and thanks to D'Angelo Russell. I hadn't been hitting my parlays, so you know what? I took a break, and I went straight to player props. And my NBA player props made me some profit last night, so I'm starting to rise back up. The hard part is I bet bigger money to win bigger money, but when you lose, you lose bigger money, right? So that's just kind of the game. Download the app today. It's been a great experience for Austin and I since BetMGM has become our title sponsor. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports. This is also the great thing about BetMGM. You can de- when you deposit money your first time, you get risk-free bets. And the more you use your app, if you deposit more money, they will match. That's the best part about BetMGM. It's a cool experience. It it, it changes the game when you're in, you know the end of April and you're watching NBA regular season basketball, you know, Hawks Orlando Hawks magic really doesn't mean much to anybody, but last night it meant something to me. And it meant something to me too. And they were one basket away from me hitting my parlay to win like 300 bucks. So right. I don't want to talk about the Orlando magic who are crawling <laughs> to 90 points in the game. Come on. It's 2021 <laughs> Orlando, get your stuff together. But now let's talk about the, the co- former coach, who was in Orlando, Josh Heupel, now adding another quarterback to his Vols roster, Joe Milton. Joe Milton transfers into Tennessee. Is this a big deal, small deal, or no deal, Zach? Uh, Let's go ahead and send you to the comment section. Big deal, small deal, or no deal for the Vols adding fifth quarterback, Joe Milton. All right, so I'll just go ahead. I'm I'm trying these out as we, we get more interactive here on A to Z Sports. 
The results in the poll, and again, we're just getting it going. It's got uh, close to 50 or so votes, live live votes, live reaction. 40% big deal, 40% small deal, 20% no deal. So that's kind of what's going on uh, on Facebook, and that's Facebook alone. But let's read some comments. Bruce says no deal. Hypo is the quarterback whisperer. He knows what he's doing. Bruce got a lot of faith right there. Big deal. From Ethan, not because of Milton, but because it's another quarterback and people are going to start transferring. I agree with that about the transfer thing. Uh, Brent also agrees that Milton wasn't any good at Michigan. Uh, that was materialized by his play. Uh, Donald says, small deal, but I'm wondering how is Hypo going to split these reps? And Jeff brings up uh, that a lot, I've seen a lot of comments that he's just, Milton's just a bigger Jarrett Garantano. A lot bigger. He's six that's, five, two thirty. Like that's a lot. That's not a great dude. comp, though. No, no. Right? It's not a better Garantano. Yeah, because <laughs> Jerry Garantano's size was never uh, in question. <laughs> so it was always uh, between the mind and his processing and decision making. So Danny says it's not a big deal. It's a huge deal. That's a scholarship that isn't going to the defense. They are so thin at linebacker. What do you think about Danny's comment? That's right interesting, there? Danny. And Danny's not wrong. In look, but I think the Vols are having trouble adding guys and finding transfers to play on defense. Like I, I don't think. I I think if you're quarterback is more important though, right? Is quarterback not the not more important than any other defensive guy? Well, Austin, talk to me week eight when they're. I've seen really, and I'm an old Miss guy. <laughs> I've seen really good offenses with subpar quarterback play that can score points, but the defense gives up 500 yards a game and almost 45 points. It doesn't matter. That will, will be more frustrating. So I get what you're saying. Yes, the quarterback is the most important position in team sport, but if you have 11 guys on one side of the ball that can't play, it really doesn't matter. Yeah, but he's he has like he has to get the quarterback job right. He has to find a guy who can run his offense because that's why he's there. Like the reason why Josh Heupel was hired, of course, he's got the connection with AD Danny White. But the reason why he was hired is because he could fix the quarterback play because that's what the downfall of a lot of the last several years post Josh Dobbs was. It was because of awful, awful piss poor quarterback play. So you got to get that right. So you got to go add. It's more beneficial to add a potential quarterback fix than it is to add a an outside linebacker or a defensive lineman. You know, you need a quarterback. You have to have a quarterback. No, you absolutely do. But like, here, here's something, right? You talk about high octane. And I don't want to compare because uh, they are in different spots. But with a high octane offense. You expect that, but let's just be honest. Look at Mike Leach. He went to Mississippi State, high-octane offense. They scored 14, 2, 14, and zero points in four straight games. The offense, he couldn't put it together, because, and he justified it by needing new players for his system and all that other stuff. So it's not a guarantee that you can come out and score points, but you have to defend. This is... I mean, it's a tough spot going into a first year where, look, you're starting from the bottom because that's where Jeremy Pruitt left you. Yes. But you have to show improvement and strides that you can find the guy to lead your football team on top of 
being able to defend a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Colton says this won't be the first transfer uh, with the new rule coming into play. Well, no. And the funny thing about Joe Milton is Joe Milton was at Michigan for three years. He graduated. So he's he's got three years left to play, but he already graduated. So he actually doesn't fall into the category of the new rule. He is eligible immediately regardless of what happened earlier, I guess, last week. So time out. I've got a question on that. All right. So he graduated. He has a degree at Michigan. So now he's going to go to Tennessee. This is unique because he's basically an extra year of eligibility because of COVID. So he has three more years of eligibility, right? Right, right. So, But he has to go to school, doesn't he? Yeah. So he can just say, hey, I want to minor in Spanish and then go take tetherball. Or he can uh, get his master's or whatever it might be. Or yeah. He just has to be a full-time student, which he needs 12 hours. You, uh, he doesn't have to be a full-time student. Oh, like, you don't? Uh, well, uh, no, not necessarily. And he doesn't have to stay three more years. Like, No, can, I'm just – I'm trying to find the logistics of – I mean, if he's basically – this is his job. because a lot, of, a lot of players graduate in three years and then – stay and get their master's, which might be a two-year program. So there's their five years in college. Or they don't, and they act like they do, and just take tennis as a elective. That happens sometimes, but you everybody needs electives. I took tennis. No, no, but what I'm saying is you've already graduated. What I didn't already graduate. I did that. No, I'm, I know. I'm, I'm saying in this example, you've already graduated. Just take tennis and concentrate on football. NCAA rules mean that they have to be doing something to work towards a degree. Like you yes. have to be on progress towards earning something. I'm just look, there's loo- loopholes in every yeah, system. But again, like, I no, think I just right. found a good loophole. All right, all right. So let's get to this because that's a sidetrack thing. Uh, Zach Reagan, our writer at NZSportsNational.com, I think brings up a great comment on Twitter. I wonder what Hypel told them. You know, he went somewhere. He feels like he could start because Tennessee would not take Joe Milton if they didn't think he could help. And Joe Milton wouldn't come to Tennessee if he didn't think he could win the job. Yeah, but that happens everywhere, and it doesn't end up. Who was the Stanford quarterback that transferred uh, to Tennessee a couple years ago? That would be uh, Keller Christ. Keller Christ. I mean, he felt like he he could start right out of the gate. Now, he played more because of injury or let's say poor play from Garantano, but that, I mean, what you just said is what every transfer feels and the reason on why they go where they go. So that, uh, that's just kind of a, a moot statement. It doesn't, it doesn't necessarily matter. All right. So I'll ask you big deal, small deal or no deal for this quarterback transfer. So here's the tough part. And this is all honesty. They got five cooks in the kitchen. I don't know who's a good cook and who's a bad cook. We, we right. can't see these cooks. They're in the back. Literally, Tennessee does not show us these cooks. The public, this is college football. It's a big problem with college football. You get to see on NFL Network what guys are doing. You get to they're reported on more. In college, you just don't get the knowledge of the inside of the roster and the quarterbacks and the reps and who's ahead. You kind of try to take the reporter's word for it, but the reporter doesn't get really that great of access either, especially in the spring. Now, in the fall, it gets it is improved, but I, I think you could take this a couple of different ways, but I kind of say this is a no deal. Like, I don't think this is a deal at all. It's another body. It's another guy who has not proved value somewhere. It's 
uh, a, a camp arm possibly, or it's a contender. Like I, you, you also have, what is Salter? What, like he got in trouble. Is he, is he out? Is he that, in? No, Caden Salter's charges were dismissed from the situation. And so he's back. He's still not completely back. So, all right. So he's still in the doghouse. It sounds like where's Harrison Bailey in this situation. Right. And then you've, you've got the Virginia tech transfer hooker. Yeah. Hooker. I mean, so we're starting to stack all these guys up. Who's good. So I, I don't think this is a big deal. I don't think this is a small deal. I just think it's just kind of a no deal. How is they added no a quarterback. Deal? How is it a no deal? They added a quarterback. They got so many damn quarterbacks. You don't you have to you don't know who's good and who's bad. Right. But I think by Josh Heupel at this point, this late into the spring semester, when they're going in, like the spring game is on Saturday, right? And Charlie Burris uh, from A to Z sports is going to be up there covering that by the way. So we're going to have some good stuff coming from that. But this late into the process, if your coach adds another quarterback, that has to say something about what you have in the other four, right? No, because of the transfer rule, Austin. That's what's changed. The cell is different. He's telling Milton, come in, try to compete. If you win, you can play in the SEC. If you lose, see you later. Transfer away. So it's not a no deal. That's a no deal. <laughs> it doesn't matter. He's playing with house money. It means nothing. That's my answer. And I think I backed it up pretty damn well. I think it's a small deal because if – there was a quarterback playing very well this spring or two quarterbacks playing very well this spring. Everybody who brought up the point about using an extra scholarship for a fifth quarterback compared to another player on the roster has a valid point that if you have a quarterback who is taking great strides in the dozen spring practices you've had, then there's no need to bring in Joe Milton. But the fact what I'm reading the tea leaves for is that I think no quarterback has truly separated himself from the other three. And so, because of that, Josh Heupel knows the one thing he's got to do this calendar year is find a quarterback to execute his system in the SEC this fall. That's what he has to accomplish. And if none of the four guys that he's had for a dozen practices, well, minus Salter, can do it, then let's go find a guy who might be able to. So I think it's a small deal. I don't think – how long has Hypo been there? A couple of months? 84 days. Right, 84 days. How tr- can you truly know if a quarterback can run your system in 84 days? No. No. You can't. So that can't be the reasoning. You're not going to sit there and assess and be like, oh, none of these guys can run my system. I think that's a bunch of baloney. I think that uh, that is not a great take right there. I think it's more likely – and this is Colton. Credit where Colton – credit for Colton. Colton brings up, what do y'all think about him moving positions? Oh, and Joel says Milton's a good size for a linebacker. <laughs> I mean, 6'5", 230, have that, ba- have that kid coming off the edge, right? Right. It's a no deal. Like Tight end, wide receiver. You ask Michigan fans if this is a big deal, small deal, or no deal. <laughs> I actually know some Michigan fans. And the day this happened, I'm in a group chat full of right. – some Michigan fans, some Tennessee fans. Very weird chat. You know, Michigan, Tennessee. Both kind of similar, but both very rabid about their fandom. But the Michigan guys are like, this dude's trash. <laughs> like, 
And the Vols guys are, are like, well, there's another guy. You just you can't figure out if a guy can run your system in 84 days. I think this was an easy, simple sell to say, hey, man, come compete for the job at a big-time school. He was highly recruited, so he's used to playing. He's not trying to go to you know North Texas or the School of the Blind. Like He wants to play big-time. Big five football. Yeah, yeah, he's a former Elite 11 guy, which is, you know, a good thing to have. Like, Elite 11 quarterbacks have done very well uh, in college and on to the next level. Uh, Ryan says he's got three years of eligibility. It was just too good for Hypo to pass up. You know, Ben thinks Zach is being thick-headed. I, I tend to agree with that most times. Uh, but uh, expand on that, Ben. That's just like me calling you a loser. I don't know you, Ben. Ben, you're a good guy. Watch it on YouTube. I appreciate you, Ben. But that's just like me being like, Ben's a loser because he called me thicket. I'm not going to do that to you, Ben. I'm not going to treat you bad. So tell me why you I, believe I, think you are I am thick-headed in this instance. If think, it's a general statement, you've been watching the show for a while, then i kind of give you that. At times, I can be. But just expand on that a little bit. Um, I think you're, I think there's no reason why this is a no deal. It has to be at least a small I, I literally deal. told you some really good points that I, you I, haven't, I you have not come back at. That's what justifies what talking about. What I've, do you I've mean, given, what am I talking about? I've given my reasons of why. You've given your reasons, deal. but you haven't given re good reasons on what my, why my reasons are bad. Cause they're good reasons. Because it's you not can transfer. It's an easy sell. You can't find out who can run your system in 84 days. You agreed with that. All of these things make it a no I deal. I agree with that. I, th I think. I think. I think through through the spring process, Hypel can know whether a couple guys just are not going to be it. Like if he knows that they are not the right fit because of the type of quarterback he's looking for, he can figure that out pretty quickly. So you think that there's a problem? He would not add another quarterback if it was a good situation. So you think it's a bad situation? Yeah. I just don't think you Why would have, he add a quarterback? You can't have a bad situation in 84 days. Oh, you absolutely can. Harrison Bailey's good. He's not great, you know? but he's adequate. Salter sounds like an idiot for putting himself in a bad spot, right? Like. Yes. He's dumbass right there. Now, he's got to improve and get his maturity level up, and he had a, a big opportunity to win that job that he smoked away or being around marijuana. Not a good look, dismissed or not dismissed. You These dumbass kids sometimes, they have every opportunity handed to them, and they just won't treat it like a job. Because the NCAA is telling you it's not a job doesn't mean that it's not a job, guys. Okay. Like, go in there and work your ass off and be the best quarterback that you could possibly be for the university and don't do dumb stuff. Easier said than done. I understand that. But Salter had the job or the opportunity to win the job. and he. But I still don't think it's a bad situation yet. We won't know that until... It's well, it, you I probably know won't this. know that till snap. I know one. that it's not a good situation. So it, my point is, there's no way this is a no deal. This is absolutely at least, at minimum, a small deal. I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's a small deal. I just think it's not the right choice if you're saying that adding another quarterback is a uh, no deal. So let's let's go ahead and get to this because I I have an opinion about 
the quarterback situation, we'll take it the next step about who I think will be the odd man out in this quarterback conversation. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Calvin and Subtle. Calvin and Subtle is where you need to go get your hardwood floors. 615-448-6414. That's 615-448-6414. It's very, very simple. They can hook you up with these great hardwood floors. Rip up that old carpet and put this bad boy in. This will make your house pop. They have different selections, all types of hardwood floors, and they're efficient. That's the big thing. One to two weeks, once you pick out your hardwood floor, they order the material and they install. Your wife, your family will absolutely love it. Renovate your home. Don't just sell it and get out of Dodge. If you're in Middle Tennessee, think about upgrading your flooring. That's CalvinandSubtle.com. A to Z Sports, our morning show is powered by BetMGM, the king of sports books. Don't forget to download the app. Use our bonus code ATOZ Sports when you download and sign up. And with your first deposit and your first bet, you get a risk free uh, bet up to $600. Up to $600. Again, with your first deposit and your first bet when you download the app, use our code ATOZ Sports. Innovative parlays, tons of boosted odds specials. They'll toss in an occasional free bet here and there, game props and more. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older, must be present in Tennessee, and for gambling problem support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. Here live on this Wednesday talking about the Vols quarterback situation. Yeah, Zach. I do. Look, I'm a man of my word. I asked Ben to bring something to the table, and Ben on YouTube says, if the QB room was not an issue, Heupel wouldn't bring in another quarterback. It means he's not satisfied. That's in Ben's opinion. Also, pay attention to what people like Austin Price have said about the performance of QBs. Ben, we actually know Austin Price. He used to come on our radio show all the time. He's a reliable source. But it's 84 freaking days, bro. Like, you also have to think about that. Spring practice and orange and white game is this weekend. That will be a little bit more information. But there hasn't been enough time to say that the quarterback room is an issue. I just don't believe that. The quarterback room cannot be a massive issue in 84 days. Salter messing up doesn't help, but that's on one guy. They have enough quarterbacks to at least compete. Hooker just got – he just jumped on the scene. Bailey at least got some experience last year. That has some value. Now, value in Hypo's offense is different, right? We'll have to see how that works out. I just don't think that you can, in 84 days, boom, there's an issue in the quarterback room based on bringing another guy in in a transfer-heavy industry. Now, right, that's what college football is going to be. Sure. Guy transfers, it's not going to be that big of a deal. All right, so reading a couple uh, comments here, Joe Dan says, Hypo loves big-arm quarterbacks. It doesn't take 84 days to tell if the quarterbacks have that trait. I agree. Like There are, are plenty of traits that you can find out if a guy has it or doesn't have it in 84 days. You should be able to, to tell that. Now, you're not saying that the guy doesn't have potential to grow and to become better, but you can tell if – the guy doesn't have specific things you're looking for. Well, we'll find out how much. I mean, when did Milton just got there, right? Right. So he's not going to play on Saturday, or is he? I doubt it. Right. So we'll wait till Saturday, see what you can find out about the spring game. Maybe right. they, maybe they blow. We'll find out. But I look, the spring game is what it is. But we'll see a little bit more because. 
Tennessee covers up what you can see when it comes to spring practice. As does the majority of big time. Oh, yeah. It's not a Tennessee thing. It's a college football thing. Right. So here's who I think. Here's kind of my analysis of uh, of uh, who I think the leading candidate to be the I man out for this season at minimum, right? Because five scholarship quarterbacks is a lot. Only one guy plays, right? So there's going to be somebody who is a big candidate to transfer. So uh, who I think could be the odd man out. I think Brian Maurer, I feel like, is like a cockroach. The guy can go through the apocalypse and come out on the other end still alive. Brian Maurer is going to be able to stick through because of how he fits Hypel's system. I agree with Ryan in saying that Maurer is a non-factor to be a starter, but I think Brian Maurer is an ultimate backup insurance plan for Josh Heupel because of his specific fit in the system and the familiarity from how Heupel and Maurer know each other from when they were in the recruiting process back at UCF. So I think Maurer sticks. That's just my gut. I think Hooker obviously sticks because he just got there. Joe Milton obviously sticks because he just got there. I think it's between Harrison Bailey and and Caden Salter. And I think the odd man out for this season, and I do not mean by a transfer, I just think the guy who is not going to play this year is Caden Salter. Caden Salter is the easiest player to slap a red shirt on him, have him sit for a year, maybe he needs to mature a little bit, and grow as a person, as a quarterback who has a high ceiling. But I don't think, because we came into this year, when Caden Salter signed and enrolled early in December, you thought, hey, maybe this guy, when Josh Heupel has an opportunity to come in and take the job by storm. But with the incident, with him missing all the practices, I think Caden Salter is a prime candidate for a red shirt and to be a non-factor in 2021. Well, he justified... uh... Can his talent earn back what he lost in responsibility? That's the biggest question. Can Caden Salter, highly recruited, highly touted, big orange nation, all about that boss, messed up and did some things that he shouldn't have done, got in trouble, was suspended indefinitely by the head coach. Can his athletic ability and talent get him back into the good graces? I don't know. I probably tend to lean towards you, Austin, to say that's probably a safe bet that they're just going to slap a red shirt on him and justify the guy's immature. Hey, sit down. You're in timeout for a year. We're going to do – but I don't think – that was not the mindset when he first came on campus. He kind of made his own bet. Absolutely. So what does this mean for Harrison Bailey? I think that – I think that's very intriguing. And I'm going to go back and play us a video of Trey Wallace, who went on with Buck Rising on the 615 sessions earlier this year, talking about the quarterbacks and how they fit or don't fit with Josh Heupel's system. When I just look at this system, I don't see Harrison Bailey as a, system, a quarterback in the system. And, and, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe and he'll probably prove me wrong. But – I'm sure he's smart enough to pick up the offensive schemes, but do you run this type of offense with a Harrison Bailey type of quarterback? And that's not that's not a knock to Bailey. Bailey would work in other offenses, I think. Does it work 
with this one, or you have to find that out yet. Um, and then Brian Maurer. Brian Maurer is a guy that, you know what, he's got a great arm. Um, he's elusive. He's got to learn to be able to take a hit and not stay down for 20 minutes. But I, I think he, that that is the wild card of this one is Brian Maurer. Because when you really put it on tape, I, I think that the other two, South and Hooker, have the best opportunity right now to be able to pick up this offense and know what the quarterback coach wants and be able to get these guys, okay, you complete a pass, you're up, you're running the next play within 10 seconds. Because they were talking yesterday, the offensive coordinator was talking, look, by practice four or five, we want these guys to to be able to understand most of this offense so we can put in the work in the spring. And if that's the case, okay, they've, they've got about a month and 10 days to figure out how they want to go about this offense before everything gets started. And if I'm looking at it right now, I would have to say Hooker or Salter would probably be the quarterback over Bailey. And Salter wasted that opportunity because of what happened in the dorm complex like a couple weeks after Trey Wallace said that uh, on Buck's podcast, right? So now Hinden Hooker, and if you look at what Austin Price and guys like him are saying, Hinden Hooker and then Brian Maurer are the most comfortable right now in this offense, and Harrison Bailey's kind of sitting there third. And then Caden Salter's over off the practice field for the trouble that he got in, and now here comes Joe Milton to make it even that more money. Does it make you question Hooker? It makes you question out, out of all the things that have said, we've seen, we've heard Brian Maurer erratic concussion issues. Can he, you know, can he play? We heard Salter dorm complex problem, marijuana suspended indefinitely. Then you talk about Harrison Bailey. Harrison Bailey, not this type of system. Harrison Bailey was recruited by who? Austin Pruitt. Pruitt. Pruitt ran the traditional run the football, play action, set up, traditional pocket passer, move the chains, Georgia offense, because he I had Jim Chaney at the time. Jim Chaney was not a Harrison Bailey guy. That was still the mindset. So it was uh, Tyson Helton. No. Right? I'm, I'm telling, well, Pruitt, like Jeremy Pruitt, was the guy who liked Harrison Bailey. Jim Chaney would have preferred somebody else. Jeremy Pruitt wanted to run the style of offense that he chose to run. I think that may be my point. Jim Chaney. Run the football, play action, throw the football with a pocket passer, right? Garantano was not that, or he was, but he wasn't very good at that. So, all right, the dust is settled. Where's Hendon Hooker on this? Right now, he's one of the lady guys to get the job. And I think, like, you asked, like, should you feel concerned about Hinton Hooker? I mean, yeah, you should feel concerned about all four of these guys. And that's that's the over, that's why it's not a no four deal. five. Well, pre-Milton. But we're post-Milton now. You concerned okay. about Milton? I have no, no, I don't think, I don't have high expectations for Joe Milton. Then who do you have expectations for? I had expectations for Caden Salter. Now I think there's a lot of the shoulders of Hinton Hooker. So you think he's the leader in the clubhouse? That's what it feels like. But there's still concern. Well, there should be, yeah, because the guy just got there. And he left Virginia Tech. It was not like the full-time starter at Va Tech. Not like Va Tech was great. So Michigan, you just said you just said Joe Milton's story. Right. So but the, there's Hooker. retreads, there's retreads, 
there's talent that's not being used, and there's irresponsibility. I mean, Casey. these are all of the assumptions, right? These are we we don't know that like that's the hard part. We are not in these quarterback rooms to tell, but this is kind of from the outsider's perspective looking into Knoxville of kind of maybe the script on these guys. I I don't know. Uh, we'll find out a lot more on Saturday when we actually see these guys throw the football. Again, the spring game is not going to tell you everything. It probably won't tell you even a lot. But I, maybe it's something that we can see some trends on who gets enough, who gets snaps, who can run the offense, who doesn't throw picks, who doesn't get chewed out on the sidelines or run the wrong play. Where does Hendon Hooker line up on Saturday? Right. That, that, that's kind of what I'm looking for. Yeah, no doubt. All right, let's get to this next question because I find it intriguing. What should be Josh Heupel's number one goal for the for the Vols this spring? What should be the number one goal for the Vols this spring? But real quick, let me tell you guys about Man the Pulse of Fitness, where one 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com, your first workout is absolutely free. It's full-body electronic muscle stimulation. It is fantastic. Zero impact on your joints, all the impact on making your muscles stronger, targeting that hard-to-burn body fat, and getting your your fitness goals achieved. Mandu.com, your first workout, is absolutely free. Don't forget BetMGM. They are the title sponsor of our morning show. Use the promo code ATOZ Sports. That's promo code ATOZ Sports for a risk-free bet. Great experience. Download the app today. All right, Zach. So, look, man. Can you, you got? Can you help me That's out? That's on a trigger. I mean, trigger. I, you, I can't you, do anything. It's you know, trigger. I'm struggling to breathe over here. Can you help me out with a little transition after your live read? Is all I ask. Uh, maybe here and there. We'll, oh we'll my god! Oh, no. The, the, no. All right. So the question is, what should be Josh Heupel's number one goal for the Vols this spring? Zach, what do you think about this? Well, I mean, I think the obvious answer is you know, the quarterback situation, because that's the most important. And that's been the struggle of the entire program for years and years and years and years and years. But I'm not going to go that direction. I think that the number one priority this spring is to develop a team, the unity where we've seen Tennessee kind of, uh, let's say go the wrong direction is when, and I've heard this, right? The, the, the prisoners are running the asylum. We heard that all saying a few years ago. We all know what Jalen Hurd and Butch Jones did to their chances in 2016. Jeremy Pruitt, he had to fire the defensive line coach because he didn't think the defensive line coach was doing the right thing in the middle of the damn season. And who did he have to take his place? Jeremy Pruitt. Himself, yeah. <laughs> Stupid. Dumb. That's why Jeremy Pruitt is not a head coach anymore. Well, that's not why. The reason why is because of his Well, cheating. no, it's because he's stupid and dumb. That's oh. why. He, okay. Stupid, dumb decisions on and off the field, all Fair. of those things. That That's what I said. That's what I mean. They need to build the bond of trust, right? This is a unity thing. That's the number one thing in his first year. The expectations are going to be the lowest that they possibly can be as a first-year head coach. People are going to give you grace. Boosters are going to give you a grace. Year three – Ain't no grace being given, right? So this is a chance to take advantage and really kind of uh, the leash is a lot longer. So take advantage of it. 
and build the camaraderie of the team, offense, defense, and special teams, players to coaches, coaches to players, set a tone when a player gets in trouble, suspend his ass, and then figure it out like he did with Salter. Set a standard. That, I think, is my answer to this question. Set a standard. So the question is, what should Josh Heupel's number one goal for the Vols uh, be this spring? Uh, a lot of uh, comments here. Uh, he said he has to lead the spring with it narrowed down to two quarterbacks. Uh, let's see. Rob says should be finding quarterback to build around because that's been the main issue the last four years. Uh, praying the defensive guys to manifest another Henry Toe. So Brent says number one goal should be getting out of the spring with no significant injuries as they're super thin in multiple positions. Randy says, making the secondary at least decent to the rest of the defense. Uh, Eddie says, install the system. Nate says, defense. Ethan says, prepare them for NCAA sanctions. Uh, trying to build their confidence. And I think Rob is on to something here. I think Josh Heupel is trying, and it sounds so elementary, right? But let them have fun. Like, let these guys be themselves and have personality because the personality was sucked out of them by Voldemort and Jeremy Pruitt. Because Jeremy Pruitt was football, 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 football. Zero fun, sir, right? That whole line from Herman Boone, remember the Titans? Zero fun, sir. That was how Jeremy Pruitt ran his program, and that might work in the 1970s in North Carolina high school football. Or at Alabama. Or in Alabama, but not in at Tennessee when you guys have been beaten down for so many years and you hear all this stuff in social media about how bad you are. Have some fun and be yourself. I think it goes along with what you said. Create a culture of fun, of excitement, and positive energy is a big deal for the first 100 days of Josh Heupel. Yeah, because negative energy will seep in. Like with any football team, you're going to lose games. You're going to lose games to rivals. You're going to lose games that you shouldn't lose. You can't lose to Georgia State like that, but you can, you're going to lose to Kentucky or something, and that's not going to be good, right? Bad PR, and the fan base is going to come after you. It's just a matter of time. So that's why it is important to build that camaraderie or, or, or aura about this team so they can weather the storm when the storm does come because the storm's coming. The sanctions are looming. You're going to get beaten down. This year may not be what you want it to be. It may be. Who knows? But eventually, it's not going to be good. So it's how you deflect all the outside noise and stay true to what you're trying to do. That's how good teams win football games when it gets tough. Right, that's the measure of a man. It's not what you ha have when it's in the spring and it's in the summertime. It's when you get pushed and tested in the fourth quarter with five minutes to play, and you're down by six, and you need a touchdown, and you're on the road. Can you go score and make the extra point? <laughs> right? Can you do that? That's what you got to build towards. Eddie says, create what Kiffin is doing at Ole Miss. Zach, expand on what Eddie's saying there about Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss's culture. Ole Miss was in a different spot, so you can't compare the two because Ole Miss really, like Tennessee fans will never allow Tennessee to have nothing to lose, ever. And look, I like that about Tennessee fans, but it also is naive at times, right? 
Ole Miss had nothing to lose. They're in the same division as Alabama and LSU and Texas A&M. For the first two to three years of Lane Kiffin, like Josh Heupel, you hope that Josh Heupel is there for 10 years. That's the hope. For, for Lane Kiffin, Ole Miss fans know that Lane Kiffin probably could not be there. He probably may not be there after year five. Who knows? So it's a different – when you're talking about culture, that Lane Kiffin took advantage of the situation of – him playing with house money. Tennessee has got to play within themselves and know that the storm is coming. With Ole Miss, the storm's not coming, right? It's just a different situation. So I understand where you're going with that. Ole Miss does play free. It's a great atmosphere. It's a great place to live. It's a great place to go to college. It's a great place to play football. It is. You may not win all the games, but it's a great place to play. He's created that. How can Tennessee and Josh Heupel do something similar with the expectations and the fan base breathing down your neck over the next several years. Well, yeah, and I think Josh Heupel can make some strides with the fan base just by doing some things he did yesterday. So that's where we get to next. We're about to play a video from a Josh Heupel interview locally here at The Zone uh, and, and, and really listen for the differences of the personalities between Jeremy Pruitt and Josh Heupel. But first, Zach, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. I'm yeah, sorry, Wilson Cal- County- yeah, Wilson County Hyundai? Yes. Okay. Wilson County Hyundai is where to go to get your vehicle. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. They've got inventory online. They've got your perfect make and model. Whether it's the Hyundai Sonata, in which I drive, I absolutely love my car, or the all-new 2021 Hyundai Palisade. It is a full-size SUV. It's got third-row seating, captain seats, Austin and I both have test drove that vehicle. It is unbelievable. All the bells and whistles, and it's a great experience for you and your family. If you're buying a car for yourself, you're buying a car for your wife, if you're buying a car for your 16-year-old son or daughter, they may need a new car. A Hyundai is the way to go. That's WilsonCountyHyundai.com. A to Z Sports, don't forget BetMGM, the king of sports books, and our title sponsor. Download the app, sign up today, use our code ATOZ Sports. For a risk-free bet up to 600 bucks with your first deposit and your first bet, simply download the app, use our code ATOZ Sports, have some fun. I'm looking forward to seeing what I'm playing tonight. I haven't really checked it out yet today, but A to Z Sports is the code at BetMGM app. So, Zach, let's play this video quickly from 104.5 The Zone. And the goal while you're listening to this is to tell the personality difference in Jeremy Pruitt and Josh Heupel. Here is Josh Heupel on with... Ramon Foster and Mike Keith, who was in for Jason Morton yesterday morning on 104.5 The Zone. Building positive momentum through those experiences, showing players how they are improving. Guys are taking huge strides from practice to practice or during the course of an, uh, a certain part of your offseason. It's really important to creating positive energy. Rewarding the positive is really important with this generation. And in doing that, you're creating positive momentum. I think it's important that we do that with our former VFLs, that they understand that, and they built this place. Uh, their legacy lives on. We're walking in those footsteps now. I'm fortunate that I get to be the torchbearer of, uh, of this program right now. I want those guys to be back, to be able to, to be with our position coaches, talk to our players, give back uh, as, as, as they've learned uh, from, uh, from their experiences. Once they've left here, I think it's important that our current players see that, that this is a, a lifelong journey of being a Tennessee football player, that it's not just a four-year process. And it, all those things parlay into, into recruiting well and creating positive momentum 
outside of this this program. I wanted to be here because this is one of the great traditions in college football. It's got a passionate fan base, and you have the tools to go chase and win championships. And we got to create that positive momentum to continue to build this program the right way, go recruit elite players, and then develop and run, go cut it loose and play on Saturdays. So there's Josh Heupel in the zone. Uh, Rob says, Pruitt always looked like he was trying to win a no-smile contest, and that's you know fairly correct. Uh, Ethan Ramsey thinks he sounds more robotic than Jeremy Pruitt. I, I think Josh Heupel just actually has energy, where Jeremy Pruitt was just slow-talking through what it would. Jeremy Pruitt refused to do radio interviews locally and in Knoxville. So Josh Heupel getting back to doing regular conversations to reach the fans is also something that I, I think we should take away from this. Why did he refuse that? Didn't think it was important. There's your there's a problem, right? I mean, it's uh, it's easier for somebody to get upset at you if you don't know them. We just went through that experience earlier in the show with Ben, right? Yep. Like it's easier to jump and throw stones at a guy you don't know. But I, I do find value in media. Like media has its ups and downs, right? It has its downfalls. It has its clickbait. It has its spin. But it can connect a person of power, Josh Heupel, to a fan base that pays Heupel's salary, right? It goes hand in hand. And I think the realization of that, I've, I put a lot of weight into, and I'm glad that Heupel is doing these interviews and is open to that. Uh, he's a different guy, right? I mean, the, the biggest thing is, is Jeremy Pruitt was a uh, he was a, a coordinator. He wasn't a head coach. Now, some coordinators can develop into a head coach. Jeremy Pruitt never did. He improved with the way he spoke, with the way he was presented, all of those things, maybe with the way he coached, but he didn't have it. He didn't have what it took. What this Tennessee brass is betting on, and Danny White in general, is that Heupel has proven that he can manage at the head coaching position, right? And he's starting to do that, at least initially. But, hey, the, the one thing that makes the bed is winning football games. So can he do that? I It doesn't matter how many interviews you do or how nice you are. Can right. you win games? And Heupel is working towards that in his first year to at least – and I go back to a comment, Billy. Billy, I think – Bill, you're going to get the love of the show just because I think this expands on every single ball fan in the world. I just want the Vols to be fun to watch this year. Yep. Like, Billy, love of the show, congratulations. Because I agree, I'm not a Tennessee fan, but like, I do know the temperature of it. That is all they're wanting. They're just wanting that emotion and that feeling to come back that, let's just face it, right? Derek Dooley didn't give it to him. Butch Jones didn't give it to him. Jeremy Pruitt didn't give it to him. Maybe this guy can't. Yeah, I agree. And, it, and I think uh, what Cam says is, from, my, from that I hear it's all about positivity, positivity and keeping former players in the loop to keep the VFL family atmosphere. And he also said that, you know, every coach – preaches family, 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 family at the college level, right? But he really, truly wants to believe that and walk that and have that atmosphere where they – because what can family do? 
You got in the family or close family? Well, right? close family because you can have positive and negative conversations with your family because you have that trust with one another. You can truly hold them accountable because you have that deeper connection than with just a fringe uh, buddy or friend or something where uh, I'm not going to get into that with that person because I don't want to cross that line in our relationship. Well, with family, lines get crossed and you come out hugging on the other side of it most of the time uh, if it gets handled the right way and if the relationship is the correct thing to do. So that's uh, that's kind of the Vols talk for today. And I think it's all about trying to be positive, make them fun to watch, like Billy said, and we'll see what happens with the quarterback situation. Uh, do you think you'll forward. learn more? Will we know more next Monday? Um, I Spring games are... Should be taken with a grain of salt, but it's the most we've been able to see. So we'll find out. I mean, I'm not going to like Tyler Bray in one spring game went like five for 30 passing one year in the spring game and then threw for like 3,000 yards and a bunch of touchdowns. Good day, bad day. Right. Jerry Garantano went eight for eight, two touchdowns at Washington State last week in a spring game. So we'll, we'll see what happens, but I'm not going to just put all the weight into it. Yeah, I, I kind of tend to go to Eddie. You won't know anything until game one. No doubt. No doubt. Time for throwing shade here on this Wednesday. But first, let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com, the professional landlords in the Nashville area. RentersWarehouse.com is where to go to find out how much your home can rent for. There's so many different ways you can use Renters Warehouse to your benefit, whether it's create extra cash flows for you and your family or Long-term equity, that's a big deal that needs long-term wealth for you. Renterswarehouse.com is where to go. Don't forget BetMGM. Download the app today. That can make you some money. I've won uh, almost, well, over $2,000 just with the BetMGM app. I thank the, them as a title sponsor this morning show and filling my pocket pockets. But download the app and use that promo code. I wouldn't have won $2,000 without that promo code. I don't think I bet 500 on Tom Brady in the under in the Super Bowl if I don't have that risk risk free bet. So that's on BetMGM. You can get that same risk free bet. Me too. Uh, a, a lot of people went into that, and I thanked those people when they needed to be thanked. Now, Rob says Austin's been hitting the parlays lately, except for last night with the Orlando Magic. Could not hit another bucket. That's all. That's all I needed. To win a big uh, a big return for that, but that's okay. So here's a quick shade. I've got a question about Big Ten. Yeah. Jeff, Ohio State fan, says shade on Michigan fans who actually think they got a competitive competitive advantage for not having a public spring game. LOL. I guess Michigan did not have a public spring game. I guess not. I don't know. I I agree with that shade, Jeff. I think that that is ridiculous that they think that's a competitive advantage. Well, I think like because you get fifteen spring practices, the spring game counts as one of those fifteen. So some the, teams don't even do them, right? Before. Which I I don't I understand. Like if you think, hey, for our team, it I'd rather have another regular practice where we could actually be productive than a spring game for the fans and recruits. It's just what do you value? Do you value that extra real practice or? an opportunity to have a fun event for your fan base and recruits. I think for Tennessee's sake, they need the recruiting. So they need the spring game. Right. Yeah. They, they needed the notoriety. Uh, Nate says throwing shade at all the ESPN analysts mock drafts. So, so over it fast forward to the draft, please. I think we got like 
nine or so days left until that, however many hours. Danny says throwing shade at Jared Garantano for going eight for eight and two touchdowns is awesome. You knew that. In the spring game uh, at uh, Washington State, giving those fans the same false hope we tried to give Tennessee. (laughs) Cam says throwing shade at COVID. I'm going out of the country this weekend for my honeymoon and basically have been given my arm and leg just to leave and hopefully we'll be allowed back in. It's a risk. My sister's going to Mexico this week. She had to kind of go do the same thing of the testing. It's a risk. Yeah, I have a buddy going on his honeymoon in two weeks, facing the same thing. Like, if you get COVID when you're there, you're stuck there for two weeks. Extra weeks. Uh, Aaron goes with our our out-of-this-world shade, as he usually does. Yeah. His shade is for NASA, for delaying the launch of Crew 2, which is supposed to be tomorrow morning. I didn't know that, but uh, shade on NASA. Yeah, Rob also says uh, that all my supplements clearly are not helping my allergies. Well, they're not supposed to. Suffering me, guy. Maybe they're bringing you down. I don't think so. I, I, it's a, I don't every, think you know. I don't every, think you have a good wrangle on this situation. On my allergy situation? Yeah. Oh, I, I know what it's going to take. It's just... I, I, I think that there has to be alternatives. I'm not I'm not Zyrtec guy. Okay. I'm not sitting here be like, dude, bro, go blend up some Zyrtec and take it. Like, I'm I do think that there are alternatives that you should seek instead of struggling through life over the next several weeks. Bobby That's says, my- Austin, legit question. Have you noticed that wearing a mask has helped? Uh it does not help. Uh I tried to cut my grass two weeks ago with a mask on, did not help. I was at the grocery store. Two days ago, with a mask on, trying to not snot everywhere. Sorry for the grotesque words, but in my mask. But it is uh, is very difficult uh, situation. But I, the jumping jacks is a temporary relief. It's a placebo. It's a temporary relief. That's what it, it is. It is not- a complete and utter placebo. No, activity helps you clear out. Activity, physical activity, helps your congestion loosen up. Then just shake your head like this. That's activity, right? That would probably help for a period of time, right? So I, I think it's a placebo. I think. Uh, have you have you sought a second opinion? Yes. Last last summer, you've you've been to multiple doctors. Well, yeah, last summer. I know what I'm allergic to. I'm allergic to the big ass tree in my backyard, so it just kills me. Like I go outside to let the dogs out, or to take the trash out, or to check the mail. And the black can you target burgers. that particular allergy? Yes, with allergy shots that we've been over about. Only, but they're they're targeting all of your allergies. Can you just target that walnut allergy? Yeah, but why would I do that once? It's going to cost. Ask a lot the of questions. That's what I'm saying. That, that that's my advice. You're going, you take what, it or leave it. I, they're I going care. to. It's the same. Like it's the same process. It's just, why would you target one instead of target all of them if you have to go through the same process? Uh, I would ask some now, and, and Kelkins, believe me, I have thought about it. Cut down the tree. It's either cut down the tree or cut my nose off of my face. And I feel like cutting down the tree is probably the best logical situation. All right, what is your shade? My shade, Zach, is something I've been sitting on for a couple weeks. It's guys who go do regular workouts and wear leggings under their athletic shorts. Like they're trying to act like they're a pro athlete training for something. Like you're going to run on the treadmill for like 20 minutes. You're going to do 
average like dumbbell lifts. Why are you legging wearing leggings under your athletic shorts for any other reason that you think it makes you look cool? Because I think it's ridiculous. I, you think it's ridiculous. I wear those leggings to play basketball and to be active at that, it, and it gives you support. To play basketball is not what I said. Or work out or run or anything. That's what I wear. That's a part the, of my get up. So the, shade yeah. on you for throwing shade on me. No, I'm not throwing shade on you because you play basketball in them. I, I do other activities in those leggings. That's fine. But playing basketball makes sense. Like, that makes sense of why you need the extra support with your knees because you're running, you're cutting, you're jumping, you're explosive, all that kind of stuff, right? Stop it and going. When you're just going to work out and you're going to jog on the treadmill for 20 minutes. That's and running. Then you, and then... You don't need That's leggings. That's running. Support. That's support you're, on your knees. You're now you're now a hypocrite. I'm not a hypocrite because I don't do it. I don't wear leggings. That would does it have? I will give you this. Does it have a fashion sense? Yes. Yes. That's that's the only reason why dudes do something. Or no, not the only reason. Yes, that's where I disagree is. with you. It's not I'm, the only. I'm, Zach, I'm going specifics here. I'm not talking about like you going to play ball for two hours and wearing leggings because you think it gives you better knee support. I'm not throwing shade on that. I'm throwing shade at the guy who is literally doing light jogging on a treadmill and then going doing it in curls and some shoulder presses for another 20 minutes wearing leggings underneath his athletic shorts. I, I, Jeff asks, Austin, are you just mad you can't pull them off? Dude, I've got great looking legs. I I could absolutely ah, pull those ah, off. Ah, ah, ah. Uh, my legs are toned. My legs are lean. I've got muscle definition in my legs. Believe me, especially you, after I do another seven. You mirror calf guy? You you mirror calf guy? My calves are immaculate. I have great calves. It's because I wore jump soles all freshman and sophomore year of high school. Also, Caesar. Uh, says they wear them to feel comfortable in. They are comfortable. Have you ever worn them? I wore leggings under athletic shorts to play flag football a couple times underneath my knee brace uh, to be more comfortable. So what I would say is go buy some, wear them, and see if they're comfortable. They are. I'll just go ahead and tell you that. There's another comfort level. And Caesar brings that up. He says people can wear them to feel comfortable in. Doesn't matter what they're doing. I just think it's unnecessary, and you're they're doing it to make them look cool. And you, yeah, if you spend the money and do Lululemons, but that that I think it'll change. It will definitely change your shade. And so, like the chat, I am, and, the chat and me are against this shade. Uh, when I'm saying this shade, I'm picturing like three specific people that I come across that do this. So I'm I don't know their names. I don't know who they are. I don't know what they do. All I know is that they are the guys who want to look cool in the gym rather than actually do stuff in the gym. So that is my point. All right. So my shade has to do with cookies. Real, real right? quick, real quick. Ethan Ramsey says, Austin has great calves from something he did a decade ago. Yeah, because when I was doing my jump soles in freshman and sophomore year of high school, that's when you get in muscle development. And so my, my calves developed at a nice, at a young, ripe age that carried over into my adulthood. So yeah. I have great calves, Zach. I, I think that is complete BS. I just think that is. I can. I don't be. Don't bullshit a bullshitter. I'm not, I call I'm not that bullshit. You. I'm, that's that. If you're like, that's why my calves are developed is because I developed them <laughs> when my body was developing. That's that's why does that hard to understand? I just think that's ridiculous.
So if you have cankles, you can't have good calves ever. No, you're, you're genetically disposed. You, to have there's things. no way if you're a, a fat ass in middle school when you're no, developing or in high school that you can't have good calves. That's no. a bold faced lie, Austin. No, 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 no. It's like cat, like cankles are something you you could be in the best shape ever and you still don't have the fully athletic ankle. Believe me, I. I th- Something no, that I, that's wrong. There has been somebody on this earth that has gone from cankles to good calf ankles. That's wrong. That's a lie. You can have fine calves, but still have cankles because of it's it's about the genetics that you have in your ankle. You either have an athletic ankle or you don't. It doesn't mean that you can't be in good shape or be athletic. You just have that type of ankle. Like that's just how it is for you. I'm I'm passing on this. We do need to to ask a doc on this. Uh, uh, ankles I, are ankles are genetics. Calves. You, you, you're not a medical doctor. You're 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 spewing BS. I'm not and spewing you, BS. There's no credibility to what you're saying. So anybody Bobby listening says, to this podcast right Bobby now, s- Bobby just, says I I kind of go with Austin on this. As a kid, I played soccer. As a lefty, my left calf is a little more developed than his right. It's like it's comparing everybody to a professional athlete's injury. Come on, stop, guys. Stop. stop I'm not it. doing that. I, I, but stop it. Kink, Get kinkles, some help. Kinkles are genetic. Get some help. Um, all right. My my shade has to do with cookies. And I'm not talking about oatmeal, raisin, or snickerdoodles. I'm talking about internet cookies. Now, fortunately, it, it's, it's a double standard because, you know, it's a good and a bad thing. My cookies are, let's just say – filled with Tampa Bay Buccaneers championship gear. They just are. So you have things that I would like to buy and I have bought to things that are ridiculous. And I find this ridiculous when your favorite team and we can, everybody can relate fans when your favorite team wins a championship, a national championship or a Super Bowl, a world series, a Stanley cup, whatever it is. Who in their right mind would ever purchase a replica ring to wear? A complete and utter fake ring. And look how big or small that mock Vince Lombardi trophy is. So this thing popped up on my feed because I'm a Bucks fan. But I thought to myself, why would anybody actually wear a fake Super Bowl ring? Now, we've had the discussions, Austin, a real Super Bowl ring, I would make sure I would wear because that if you're a whether if you're, you're a SI, part of the organization, a part of the organization. But if you're Joe Smo in Montana and you're just a big Brady fan and you're buying these replica rings to actually wear or even put in anywhere on display, it's fake. Like it's not even close. This ring is not even going to be close. They haven't even designed the Super Bowl (laughs) ring yet. That's my shade is for Joe Blow in Maine, who has nothing to do with a championship, buying replica championship rings. There there are fans all over this country and all over this world who absolutely do that stuff. And they're I super know. Fans. I'm they're throwing su- shade on those people. Well, I thought you were throwing shade at cookies. So who are you throwing shade at? The people that buy replica rings. No, I it's thought you were throwing cookies. shade at cookies. The, the cookies are just how I got to this point. Oh, okay. The shade is at the people that buy the replica rings. I don't understand it. 
I mean, I, I think it's, I think there's a lot of people out there that are so consumed by their favorite team that they eat that stuff up. Buy a t-shirt or a hat or a toboggan or a jacket or a long sleeve shirt Look, or a flag or a poster or a signed football. There are so many other things that are adequate for that. Not a replica ring that looks nothing like the actual Super Bowl ring. Look, I, I'm a guy who doesn't understand other like grown human beings buying jerseys, right? So the, I'm at that level, and you're at the level of the the Super. I'm Bowl at ring. the extreme. I'm yeah. at the pinnacle, though, right? Like you've never really had an opportunity to buy a championship ring. Replica. I did when I was eight, which is like the opportunity to do that. <laughs> right. I'm glad like, you passed. If you're eight, then yeah, you can get away with doing anything because your favorite team won. Oh, oh, Eddie brings this up too. And I don't understand it. And it's a trend. Eddie, who has kids, have you seen these crazy little league weekend tournaments where the kids get a ring after winning a three-day tournament? Yeah, that's that's another thing I'm out on. Yeah. I'm out on that. Like th that is a participation trophy. It's a three-day tournament that you beat three or four teams like well, you if don't you win, ring for that if you win a legitimate tournament then you, you could have a trophy or a plaque for that no your your little league team better be the damn national champions or the state champions for that to deserve exactly. a replica if, if it's win. an actual tournament where and you win it's not a participation trophy because you won the tournament it doesn't yield a ring I, I agree with that i think going the championship ring route is ridiculous i think a plaque or other type of trophy makes sense to signify the winning of that tournament. It's a tournament that a bunch of teams travel to and one team comes out victorious of said tournament. They are fine to get some type of trophy or rings a lot uh, in a little, it's devaluing the championship ring. Yeah. It, for a week it's a three day tournament. It doesn't right, matter, but, but you should get something to, if you are the winner of said tournament, I think it's worth something. What does the tournament do? Zach, uh, the SEC basketball tournament is a weekend tournament. We're not talking about that. That is the culmination of a final season, Austin. There's apples and oranges to this. So I'm talking about a little league. They have these three-day tournaments every weekend. So you have the, the March 16th tournament. What's that? What is the difference of where it's trying to get to well, you? I, and I'm I, asking. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't the know April either. 1st three-day tournament that you've you've received two rings for see i don't know either because i never was into travel baseball I, I baseball was not my thing so i never got to the level of travel ball where things got ultra competitive uh with travel teams so i, I can't answer that question but like and and bobby brings up and i get it parents you you have you know your kids trophies like i understand that that is a uh a feeling i i don't have that feeling because i'm not a parent but i understand that feeling it's going to look stupid on your little, like, of your son's trophy room, a bunch of rings, a bunch of dead-ass replica fake-ass rings that don't matter. Oh, man, Bobby, you remember when you won that four-day tournament March 2nd in 2021, four years ago? No, I mean, you if, don't. They're kids, man. Like, I, like if they won the tournament, they what get are we they, teaching our kids. That's the point. You, like, kids are kids. If they kids win a tournament, fun. I'm okay with them getting a trophy or something. The tournament doesn't matter. That's fine. But if you, if you, like, if everybody Shouldn't gets we be teaching our kids things that matter, Zach, they won the god the freaking tournament. What do you? What? What's the problem with this? The if, tournament I mean, doesn't matter. It does to them.
It's what they're doing all summer long. It's like, a three-day tournament. You're talking about like 12-year-olds. What else? That's like the biggest thing in their life. They should get a ring at the end of their season once one champion has been anointed. It's travel ball. It's not set up like that. Uh, I understand travel ball, but there has to be regions. There has that, to be a winner. Uh, it has to be set up. Like if they win the tournament, get a trophy. If they don't win the tournament, don't get a trophy. <laughs> that That's how I feel about it. Yeah. A, a ribbon is better than a ring. Like, uh, here's a, yeah, take that. But not a replica ring. And thank you, Kelkins. Travel ball is all about the tournaments. It's can you string together, and you're not playing one game a day. You're probably playing four games in a day. So that three-game tournament, you're probably playing like nine games if you win the damn thing. Uh, that, that's an assumption. I don't know if you no, play No, that's nine how it games. works in, in Little League Baseball. In travel baseball, you play a lot of games. A travel ball, aren't you working towards a goal? Right? There's an AAU champion. Yes. Correct. Yes, in travel baseball, you're traveling around the your region to play the best collection of other kids from those towns. And there so should be a tournament at the end that if you've won the majority, that should be the goal and maybe justify the ring. But Zach, there's not like... They're individual like clubs. They're not in leagues. Travel baseball and soccer are not in leagues where you have eight teams from the middle Tennessee area that you play round Robin. They are individual clubs that sign up and pay to go to this tournament in Cookville where teams from Kentucky, the Carolinas, Alabama, Georgia, West Tennessee all come. And whoever wins that wins that tournament that has a lot of good kids and players and teams at it. And the most, the team that wins the majority of those type of tournaments should be awarded a ring. They're not governed by a massive like body that you're wanting to organize this. They're individual clubs, Zach. And these and these cities and other clubs can throw their own tournaments to invite teams to come there to compete for something. And what I'm saying is the rings should and will be devalued. I think giving a ring for a three-weekend, three-day uh, tournament is devaluing a championship ring. But I do think That's that my they point. should get a trophy for winning the tournament. Yeah, a crap-ass – yes, but that's different. A crap-ass plastic tournament with a guy hitting a baseball, like, that's different. But you should work towards the ring element of it I, because kids do think that's cool. Exactly, I understand disagree with you, but you called it a participation trophy, and you're and you're not understanding the entirety of, like, you devalued the, the tournament without understanding what the point of travel baseball is. I just think that they should be working towards something bigger to justify a ring. Zach, you're going to have to get so many travel baseball clubs into one room or Zoom chat to figure out how they want to put. That's not how. Let's do it next how, week. Let's Zach, get the commissioner of these leagues. And there's let's no commissioner because there's no leagues. They're individual clubs. That's the point. Let's organize that. Zach, let's be a little bit more organized. No, let's, you want to waste your entire summer by trying to organize travel baseball? If it will prevent participation rings. There's no participation rings because they're winning the tournament. The, the tournaments don't mean anything. They're they three do. freaking days. Zach, the tournaments mean something. They're three Two, they're 12-year-old kids. That's, what they're, that's all they've got. All they know, the most important thing in the summer of a 12-year-old kid is how well his travel baseball team does in the dozen tournaments they're playing that summer. Right, and it should be the culmination of a 
multiple tournaments to get a ring, not one tournament, not one three day tournament. This is where where you're big thick headed. No, it's a jump. It's like a jamboree. Who gives a damn? It's not a jamboree. A jam, you know what a jamboree is? Yes, I do. But in what the, sen- the, the, the sense of a three day, a sense of a three day tournament, a sense of a three day tournament. I understand there's a first place winner. What I'm saying is they need more to justify what a ring represents. Yeah, because because Zach's Tampa Bay Bucks won an actual ring this year. He's now nobody else can have rings unless they do something the Bucks did. Just don't buy a replica ring if a pro pro sport team that you have no tie to besides fandom wins. This this shade took a bad turn on your end, like where you just don't understand the grasp of travel baseball. I just don't value giving a ring after a three day tournament. But now you're call- but you're calling it a jamboree. You're calling it a participation trophy. You're devaluing what travel baseball is when, in fact, that's the best players from the area. It's like all star teams playing against other all star teams. Uh, everybody's getting rings. There's too many rings no, being received. Zach, not everybody is getting rings. Only one team gets a ring from that tournament. How do you earn a ring? In then it needs to be organized better. That's the point. That's what we've come up with. The organization okay. of travel baseball is flawed. Well, I'm not going to fix it. <laughs> you aren't either. It takes up too much time. We're trying to grow a business. Trophies, right. not rings. All right. I got to get out of this conversation. This is just lasting too long and my I can't breathe. So we'll go talk. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you guys tomorrow morning when it comes to uh, Titans Thursday. I've got a topic about Titans Thursday that we, that we could use uh, in the holster here. So we'll talk to you guys tomorrow morning. Have a great rest of your Wednesday. We'll see you later. Adios.